Your first eight guys maybe should be blue plate specials, but those back five guys, they should be more like tin hats, more guys that are grunt players, garbage players that dive for the ball. You are listening to the Scrambled Eggs Podcast on CrackedSidewalks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome into Scrambled Eggs, your unofficial Marquette basketball podcast here on CrackedSidewalks.com. Joe McCann and Phil Bush here, both in the same room for a change. With this, We do this like maybe once a year that we're not like <laughs> recording over the internet, but we're here to do it to talk about a Big East champion. Yeah, it's, it's great to stare lovingly into your eyes while talking about a championship. Going to leave that comment alone. But what we're going to do, yeah, so Phil and I got to enjoy the Marquette game in person, both of us, this past weekend with 17,000-plus of our closest friends. Yep, and Jeff. And Jeff, including Jeff, to uh, watch Marquette defeat DePaul. And they are now the Big East champions. They are guaranteed at least a share. And with just one win in their final two games, they will have the league to themselves. And really, in this uh, in this podcast I just want to talk about the fact that they won that game. And really, I guess we should rewind a little bit to the, the game that made that happen, and that was the Creighton game, right. the the game before. So we're going to talk about the DePaul game and the fact that they are champions here in a little bit. But I think we'd be remiss if we had a podcast and we didn't talk about the monumental win that was going to Omaha and defeating Creighton. Phil, you know, I was just watching that game. You know, I went in with low expectations, of course, because that was by far and away the toughest game left on their schedule. But, you know, those are the kind of games that I think separate good from great teams Mm -hmm. is being able to go on the road and win a tough conference game like that with with the season on the line. Because winning that game or not, Mayor probably was going to decide whether or not Marquette could share a title or get it outright. And the fact that they just... I wouldn't even say they played their best game necessarily, but they were just so gritty and tough from start to finish. And boy, they executed. And man, it was just one of the better wins, regular season wins we've seen from Marquette basketball in a few years now. Yeah, and I would say it was certainly probably their best fifteen minutes. Right, like the 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 first fifteen of the second half felt like the best top to bottom basketball they played. The offense was clicking. The defense. I mean, they went on two different. 13-0 runs or something like that, you know, against Creighton in the second half, and they turned in the matter of six or seven minutes, they turned an eight-point def- halftime deficit into a, a five-point lead. Yeah, they were up ten at one point in the yes. second half, and then, yeah, they just really got it clicking, and it was just an absolutely beautiful performance from the team as a whole. And there were just so many guys who contributed in a lot of different ways. Um, I mean, I mean Tyler Kolick especially. I mean that that's the guy you really just can't get away from in this thing. I I think he made a great closing argument for Big East Player of the Year for All American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just hitting those big shots, just right either up or over or around Ryan Kalkbrenner in the final seconds oh. of the game. Uh, a righty finish and yeah. a left hand floater from uh, six feet out to to seal the game. That was. Uh, it was. I, I. I will say. I will say. I mean, it was. It was a glorious finish. I will say that the the last three minutes of the game were the first time I've really been nervous in like multiple weeks. <laughs> and, and I mean, part of that is the UConn game was just out of hand pretty quick, right? But like that that game, like the peaks and the valleys where we went. You know, we were struggling a little in the first half, but we kept it to eight. Uh, and then we just went on a tear and it thought we were going to win this going away. Then it felt a little at Providency, right? Yeah. Where like, because if you remember at Providence, we had like a nine, ten point lead yep. with like three or four to go. 
um, and ended up losing. And and so it felt a little bit there like, oh, man, are we going to blow this? Is this going to go from, you know, are we going to s- snatch a defeat from the jaws of victory? But, you know, the team stayed gritty and they and they won, you know, in tough nosed ways that we haven't seen. You know, it, you know, again, Kolick hit some tough shots. They played defense when they needed to. They played smart basketball. Um, that that's a that's a structure we haven't seen in a while. And they took Creighton's best punches to, True, to right. hold them off and uh, and still pull out a win on the road. I know Creighton fans are going to gripe and whine about oh. calls, but whatever. They were holding them at the end of the game, and, and yeah. I credit we're a Marquette basketball podcast, mm-hmm. but. I have no issue with any of the calls late in that game. Uh, right. You know, the, the, hey, I, we did get that friendly whistle I talked about. <laughs> yeah, that was nice to get. Uh, yeah, no complaints about that one. And, man, there's just so many guys that did think like, um, I think one thing Creighton did that made sense in the moment but ended up backfiring was how they backed off Oso a yes. lot. They gave him, like, a lot of space from 10 feet out, which might make sense when you think Oso's not a shooter and he's not a threat to shoot there. But when you do that, you give him – as point Oso space right. to survey the offense. And he like Oso's been doing the, you know, beautiful backdoor passes all season long. But I thought he made some of his prettiest passes yeah. of the year in that game. He had a couple to can that just made you just stand up in your chair yeah. like, oh man. Well, and you and you wondered like, cause yeah, Colt Brenner was going into drop coverage a fair amount, and then they moved Oso down into the, you know, into the like the the free throw area um, to try and take advantage of the drop coverage. But there were a couple of passes to your point where, I, like, I do I don't understand the physics of how they got from Oso to Stevie or Cam without anyone touching it, yeah. and it resulted in a bucket. I mean, like it was a blink of an eye. I mean, they're the kind of passes that make NBA guys go, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> that was impressive, and it just wouldn't, you know. I think that'll be maybe an off-season topic is real Oso's pro potential. But right. It's just something that. Let's not he, tell anyone about him right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's something that it's got to be intriguing to some pro scouts on some level. But, um, yeah, when you give him that much space, yeah, he's not going to shoot it, but he can hurt you in other ways. And Oso did that to Creighton multiple times in that game. And, yeah, they got the W. And, you know, with that on last week's pod, it was like I was not really joking, just saying let me be wildly optimistic for a moment. And right. if all these things happen uh, – I could be in person on Saturday watching them clinch a Biggie's title, and everything happened. I mean, we yeah. got, uh, I mean, Villanova finally did wake up. Uh, yep. They beat Xavier for us, which appreciate that. And, and then, then beat Creighton. Th- 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 went on beat Creighton again just for yeah. good measure. So good on you, Nova. Glad we're not playing you again. And Marquette did go in and beat Creighton, and then UConn took care of business in Providence. So all Marquette had to do was show up on Saturday. And as uh, Gary Parrish from uh, the Ion College Basketball Podcast put it so well, just make sure they don't do something they haven't done all year, and that's just don't lose to a sub-90 right. net team. That's all right. they have to do because they haven't lost to one all year. Yes. And then they're going to get not only a share but an outright title, and that's what they did. You know, in the DePaul game, yeah, Marquette got up big at one point, and, you know, DePaul just got kind of annoying and wouldn't go away. And right. kind of hit some shots down the stretch there to, um, I guess, keep it closer than maybe we people would have loved. But to me, the win was never in doubt. Right. It, it was just a matter of, all right, close it out. Then right. win this game. Um, and – I wouldn't know if dominant would be the word I would use, but Marquette was in control from tip to close. Um, yeah. Well, and they were certainly dominant in that first half. I mean, Cam Jones went ballistic with, what, he had six threes. On his the, birthday. Happy birthday, Cam. Yep. Yeah, he celebrated yep. in grand fashion. Correct. He got 22 points on his 21st birthday and six threes, which, great. I mean, you, you almost want to be like, hey, Cam, can we can we, can we we keep some of that heat? 
you know, trapped for future yeah. games because he was on a bit of a skid, right, from three especially. So it was good to see Cam back. Um, Tyler Kolick had 14 assists, which, you know, the, the, the part where they stopped stopped being dominant was when Tyler hit 13 assists. And I, and I think that was like you and I were talking about it in the game, you know, that, that he was, you know, five assists away from from the, the, the single game record. And I think he got one more assist yeah. in the last eight minutes, and it was kind of frustrating. Yeah, we kind of like I think we kind of jinxed him because yeah. when when we started really talking, like, okay, he's getting the assist record tonight, and yeah, just <laughs> assists stopped happening yeah. for whatever reason. He had eleven in the first half, didn't yeah. he? Uh, yeah, eleven first half. And I, when we were chatting with some folks at uh, halftime, by the way, we'll get to that in a minute. Just some people we chatted with, but people uh, like, you know, he's got eleven assists. I'm like, wow, he really does. I yeah. guess I wasn't paying attention to the box score, but. They, uh, but yeah, still, it was another fantastic performance for Coley because while he didn't get the assist record, he did hit the free throws to put yeah. the thing on ice, and it was another double double for him. And, and he and he scored, I think, Marquette's last ten points. Yeah, like I, so. I guess the question I'd ask you is, you know, we saw it at the end of the the Creighton game. We saw it at at the end of this DePaul game. Obviously, is Tyler Kolick officially the guy at the end of the game for Marquette? He is a closer, and, and like, he, he is the closer. He, whether it's he's making passes or just doing it himself, and he's hit the buckets in the last two games to close games out. So while I wouldn't necessarily say you're drawing up plays for him to get shots, right? But he's the guy you want. You want the ball in his hand, and right. just trust him to make the right the right call. Whether it's right. kicking it to somebody else, finding Oso, finding Cam, or just muscling his way to the basket as right. a guy his size does. It sounds funny to say muscle, but he does kind of do that. Yeah. I mean, he fights his way he, in there. He, and he uses his body like, like a lot in ways that he didn't last year. And, you know, he certainly struggled at the rim last year and, and this year, not so much, um, which is, which is great. And so I guess the, you know, it, it, I think Cam or excuse me, Tyler being the guy with the ball in his hands, I think is exactly right because it forces teams defensively to think the most, right? Like, okay, to your point, all right, if we if we play him for assists, he can get down the lane if we don't help, and he can get a bucket. And if we play him not to score, well, then we, we lose our defensive spacing, and and now there's open shooters around. And, you know, now Marquette's shooters, Cam, Cam accepted last night, is uh, have, have, again, have struggled a little bit. But the, the offense is, like... I don't think there has been a game. Maybe we haven't seen the outcomes we've always wanted, but I don't think there's been a game where the offense isn't working. Mm-hmm. It's it's purely a, a factor of are the shots dropping? Yeah, the outside shots, right? Yeah, because yeah. because Marquette can get what it wants to get, and it's a question of whether or not um, you know Marquette hits the shots that are the open looks. Yeah, I think some of the teams that have given Marquette a little bit of trouble are the guys who the teams that can pack the lane a little bit. Whether you have a gigantic guy. Like a Kalkbrenner or a Zach Eady, yeah. And Marquette is not able to get quite as close to the rim as it wants to for those layups because mm-hmm. Marquette is still one of the best two point percentage teams in the nation. And those are the teams that have given Marquette a little bit of trouble. Xavier did that in in the last Xavier game too. Just kind of kept them right. In UConn, especially in the last UConn game, just it was tough to get those easy twos. But that's the the thing that Marquette can always go back to is we don't have to shoot threes to get back in games or right. we don't have to start bombs away if the offense isn't working to catch up. It's like, well, let's just get in the paint. Right. Let's get, and whether it's uh, Tyler does it exceptionally well, uh, Cam Jones does that. When the outside shot's not falling, Cam will go to the basket. And, right. of course, you can always have Oso to right. get in there. And, and Omax is a guy who loves to go to and the basket. And Stevie with the cuts. Yeah, Stevie does that too. And uh, really the whole team does do that. They think, right. they think inside out. 
right? They, they don't think, all right, well, we're down or we're struggling a little bit. Let's fire up this mm-hmm. 30-footer and that right. spike. That's just not what they do. Right. Well, and, and speaking of Stevie, I did want to I did want to bring him up because, you know, he's been on a bit of a tear defensively. Yeah. And, like, especially the DePaul game, there there were some plays. There was the block on, who was it, Nick uh, Omaga- Omagaji or the uh, – Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, right? 14 or whatever. But, like, Stevie made a block on him and just stared at the bench and, and you know, and was kind of like, look what I can do. I, do you get – not necessarily on the offensive end, but do, who – you know, would you say that kind of the comparison I would make is, like, Stevie Mitchell is starting to look like the defensive elements of Jarrell McNeil? Like, he's getting in passing lanes, he's stealing. You know, he's not an open I mean, he is certain, yeah. bucket getter, but he's right. but from a, a, a ball pressure, you know, passing lane, just an overall pass. Like, yeah. he's probably our most dominant on-ball defender since Jarrell, right? Yeah, he, Pest is a good way to describe him. Because right. Because he's, he is, he just disrupts so much. And he's relentless. And it's, it's all game, what he mm-hmm. does on defense. And, uh, he's. I don't know if he's going to make uh, open up enough eyes to get a Big East Defensive Player of the Year award, but I hope he's making some guys think about it. Because- I, I mean, he has to with this tear, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I don't. Need, I you know I kind of said a two in our game, you know, one, one to five. How likely, right? And I said a two, and I don't know. It might have to be a three or a four because I don't know. You know, I, I who else is going to be Defense Player of the Year? I mean, you could say like Kalkbrenner or mm-hmm. something from a rim protector standpoint, but like. You know, he's making a case. He absolutely is. And if the coaches are voting on this thing, all the coaches know how frustrating Stevie yeah. Mitchell is. I think Stevie Mitchell had a kill by himself yes. in that game last yes. night. Yes, yes, he did. Like three baskets. He stole stole two and then I, I think, you know, challenged a shot that resulted in a rebound. Mm. So, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. And the, the other thing to kind of um, – and this will maybe pivot into the, like, the talk about the actual championship – one of the things that's also been interesting is, you know, I don't know if folks have been listening to Shaka's post games or pre games. You know, we talked about the Creighton fans being a little, uh, little uh, angry about some of the calls. Good and, way to put it. <laughs> yes, and uh, and Shaka in the the Gen Latta uh, basketball hour was was not. He was respectful, but he wasn't holding back in his opinions of the. You know, he was basically like, hey, look, you know, you, why do you have to take credit? Our team did a good job. You, you know, if you're, like, putting it all on the officials, blowing it or something, like, that discredits the team effort we had. And and so, like, I think he's been really, in a weird way, he's almost a, a this folksiness of a Buzz Williams and the, like, professionalism of a Wojo. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like I, he said some things that, that I'm like, this is refreshing to hear a coach like actually open up and like even the the Creighton celebration when he when he jumped in the air and fist pumped, <laughs> you know, like that kind of level of engagement and enthusiasm we haven't we haven't seen in a while and it's hard not to to love it, right? I mean, Creighton fans got so mad, but dude, it's a big game, right? I mean, it's not it's not like you you know. MF'd all your fans in front of their face or something. Like, right. He, just, not, he, just, he didn't go take a dump on their logo. Like, calm down. Pumped his fist and said, yes. And then, yeah, yeah, he jumped in the air, pumped his fist, and then immediately, I like, it was the most athletic thing I've seen in a while, and just immediately went to the handshake right. line. It's like, good, good job, good job, good job. It's like, all right, that's, I mean, again, it's, it's like the enthusiasm is palpable, and it's like, it, I, I just, I'm, I'm stuttering here because I just, the, 
I can't get over how exciting this team is and how good it is. It is a good championship level team. And it's, it goes without saying, Shaka is the perfect leader for Marquette basketball. Yes. His, his demeanor. Uh, we say all the time on the spot how just his post-game comments or his interviews, wherever he does them, they're always interesting and insightful. Right. And I, I think he's just a guy that people gravitate to. And, of course, obviously winning helps. If this team was in 7th or 8th right. place, we probably wouldn't be saying these things. Right. But right. Uh, they are not in 7th or 8th place. They are in 1st place. Correct. And, and so winning obviously cures a lot. But it, it just highlights everything he does so well and just the way he represents himself and mm-hmm. makes him easy to root for and a guy you, you just hope is going to be the coach at Marquette for a long, long time because – He's so likable, and the way his teams have improved and executed yeah. over these last two years. I mean, we're only two years into this thing, and we'll see how many years we have with Shaka. But uh, I hope it's a lot because, man, he is doing a great job, and I love his energy, and I love his attitude. And uh, it, it really comes out when they're winning. Yeah, well, and, and just think, I mean, if you want to get really excited about the future, the, uh, you know, the only per player that – well, and I guess technically even uh, Zach Reitzel could – could have eligibility at Marquette next year, I think, whether whether he chooses to or Marquette chooses to right. to honor that, you know, we'll find out. But like, just to get excited, like this is year two. Everyone can be back next year. They the can. entire team can be back next year with a couple of incoming freshmen. Right. Technically they can, and we'll work out the scholarship situation, but you look at it person by person, uh I'm not sure there's any guy who I would say is definitely an NBA draft pick. No. Um, and But the thing is, I, I was t- talking to a guy last night. I said, after the whole Hauser thing, right. I never assume anyone's coming back. Right. Uh, so I just want, like, we'll get to that in the off season, I guess. But it's you just want that assured, like, text or that, not text, the tweet, yeah. or the Instagram post of saying, yeah. yep, I'm back. Yeah. Let's run it back. Well, well Cam did last night tweet, uh, I love Marquette. So uh, <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're going to count on him being back. <laughs> I, I, but again, yeah, it's probably more of an off season uh, topic. Uh, for, for the pod, but it seems to think every every reason all these guys would be back next year. And yeah, they are one over the scholarship limit, and that'll have to be worked out some way or another. But this team could be every bit this good next year, too. But I would rather would much rather focus on this year and what yeah. they could accomplish right now because next year is not guaranteed. You could always have transfers. You could have injuries. Yep. You could have whatever that could derail a promising season. We have seen promising seasons derailed by unexpected things before. Right. Um, let's just keep this ride going as long as we can, take care of business next week, wrap up Biggie's title to ourselves, and uh, and then Marquette should be in good shape for, not a bracketologist exactly, but it seems like the three seed's looking pretty good right well, now. I mean, the people around Marquette keep losing mm-hmm. in the brackets. And, and again, you know, so Marquette has two games that are – Mm, how we say very winnable, yes. right? like like I, I you know we won't we probably won't even break down the at Butler St John's game like it's like do the things we've always done and just keep doing those things mm-hmm. you know and and let's not get anyone injured or anything like that right so they win those two games and you know the big the the conference tournaments there are certain segments of certain fan bases that are not going to like to hear this but those conference tournaments really don't matter. Uh, yeah, and I think as there's uh, from I think, a bracket. Yeah, yeah, and I think Alan Bukowski even did a long post about that last year, saying your your seating doesn't move that much. Right. In, in the the idea that you can play your way in without winning a conference tournament is kind of a falsehood. Right. Uh, like I mean, you pretty much are what you are at that point. Maybe right. you could inch a little bit, but like 
the odds that you're going to make a huge move with because conf- everyone's going to take a loss next week except right. for the conference champions. Right. Um, and the committee, you know, the conference championships are taking place. Most of them are like Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bit what it's the Big Ten and the ACC is on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. You know, so and like literally, I mean, the committee when they did their top sixteen reveal essentially said, "Hey, look, we did this reveal prior to the the games being played." Because we had to lock it in two days before, so like that tells you that that you know basically if if you play well through Friday, that's all the benefit you're going to get out of the conference tournament. So you know again, like just win these two games, and then you know make sure you're reasonably healthy and reasonably rested. Whatever happens in the Big East tournament, again, I'll go back on record. I like. I, I don't I don't care at all if we win a game in the Big East tournament. Like and honestly, I would rather I'd lo- rather lose than the first round than win the Big East the Big East tournament because I just don't want those miles and that wear and tear on this roster. Mm. I mean, I get it. I, I I'm not like I wouldn't be mad if we won it, yeah. but like if if I'm picking the best, I want to optimize for the NCAA tournament where we could potentially be a three seed. Yes, and if we are a three seed. Which I mean, again, seems likely. That's a that's a top twelve team, mm-hmm. which we're playing like right now. Which just wrap your brain around that. Yeah. Um, but if we're playing like a three seed, those you know one, two, and three seeds go on to uh, go on to get to the elite eight at like a rate of like fifty or sixty percent. Yeah. Like so, and and there's a precipitous drop off once you get to the four seed mm-hmm. in terms of you know how certain you are to get to those. I want to optimize for. Get a three seed and just make a deep run in March. Yeah, I can certainly understand that take, especially where the program is right now. There's just so many of us fans who are just starving for just one win. Yeah. Just get one win. But also, like I said earlier, you don't know next year is not guaranteed. Let's not just settle on one win. Let's yeah. see how deep we can possibly go. Could this team go to the Final Four? Absolutely, they could. Yes. Yeah. And, and But like, I don't know if I'm as worried about wear and tear on 20, 21-year-olds uh, I think they'll probably be fine if they have to play a few games. They would only be playing three at the most. Um, and, and I think it would be fun to win it, but I'm with you in that I don't care if they win as much as I care if they win one game yes, in correct. the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, That is what I want. I think that's what all Marquette fans want more than anything is just to uh, get that thing off their back of, say, hey, well, you haven't won since 2013. Let's get rid of that, Right, number one. And then uh, – Bonuses after that. We'll deal with that after that after we get that. So yeah, I, I but it would be fun to win the Big East tournament. That would be awesome. But it's not something that I I, I think I'm really jonesing for right. right now. We already got the banner right. Like we're yeah. gonna ha- we're gonna hang. Well, they're gonna have to replace the banner because there's not enough room. We've, yeah, we've now won our fifth uh, our fifth conference title. And again, I know the team is not celebrated. Like like for those that weren't in the arena last night, they put a graphic up and Mike Jagabowski announced. You know, Marquette has clinched a share of the the Big East title, but that was it. There was no net cutting down. There was no celebration, and even shocking his post post game was like, "Look, we got two games left. We need to win those games." And you know, we're what what did he put? Like he said, we we have an opportunity to be greedy in a good way. We we don't want to share with yeah. anyone. So. Um, and I love that mindset too. Right. Love, and, like I'm still not sure we're hammering home the idea. Marquette has won a conference title. And yes. They, they, like, they've only won, what, like, this is what, four or five? In, five. In, 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 they've won two Conference USAs, one Big East, and one Great Midwest. Okay. I think. 
It's, yeah, they, well, yeah, this will now be their second Big East because they won Correct. 2013, and this this is their other Big East. But they, uh, it, like, I, for those of maybe younger fans who think, well, that's really low. Well, don't, well, the older fans all know this, but all of Al McGuire's best teams were independents. Correct. So if we that, didn't join a conference till the 80s, early, like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, right? yeah, mid 80s, I want to say. But they. That's why the, the the conference titles are so lacking. Well, one reason anyway is the conference titles are so lacking. Is Marquette's best teams had no conference right. to win. Another reason, let's be honest, uh, a lot of mediocre teams, right? But <laughs> uh, in or, some or near misses in right? the '80s or '90s, and then and, and then yes, there's some tough leagues where it's just tough to win. Right. Like Cincinnati dominated Conference USA for yep. many years, and then it's obviously very hard to win a Big East title, including the the mega Big East yep. that we were in for several years there. So it's yeah, I mean, this is something to truly celebrate. Yeah, yeah we all want more. Right. Like, I, I think that's maybe why some of us aren't like all in and dancing in the streets over a Big East title just yet, because we all want more. We right. all want that NCAA tournament success. And ultimately, by many, that's how this team will be judged, is right. what do you do in March? And maybe that's fair, maybe that's not. But when it's all said and done, no matter how this season ends, this should be something that should be celebrated tremendously that Shaka Smart has brought home a very rare conference title right. for Marquette basketball. Yeah, yeah, and think about it. I mean, you know, we talked about demons and, and needing to slay the demons. Look, there's no February fade, right? Where, like, even even if somehow Marquette loses to Butler on the road at the end of February, like, there's not a February fade. Two losses in February <laughs> in the Big East is not a fade. Not a fade. Not a, and, you know, the fact that we, we, we're guaranteed a title in some capacity – and we just have to win one or two games to win outright. Like, and quite frankly, again, I think we go two and zero this week. Um, you know that that's going to say something. And really, the way the way that DePaul game ended almost helps. Like, you know, the coaching staff reset the expectations of the players. Like, look, they're you you know you guys are good, but you're not like coast to the finish line good. You know, it's like we gotta we gotta maintain and build and grow. Uh, so. Um, but yeah, we we should be making a ridiculously big deal about this because this season, at this point, yes, Oso says no finish line. Get it, hundred percent on board. But this season is a crazy success already. No matter what happens the rest of the way, it is a crazy success. I'm not saying rest on your laurels, but we should celebrate the 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 victories when we get them. By the way, just to clarify the record, so Marquette now has uh, this is actually now the fourth. Uh, Conference regular season champion. They won Great Midwest 1994, Conference USA uh, 2003. They, they won a conference tournament championship in 1997. Oh. So that, that may be where you're getting. Well, fixed. it's on the banner. Okay. there There's four on the banner because so I counted them last So, time. yeah, there's 94, a 97 conference tournament right. child, okay. title, 2003, uh, 2013, and now uh, 2023. Technically, like, I was looking – you could say Marquette technically finished first in 2012 because Syracuse won the Big East that yeah, year, that's right. and that's been vacated. Right. But that's not officially a conference championship. Yeah, that's not. We don't have a trophy. Somewhere. Yeah, we do not have a 2020, a 2012 conference title. So regular seeds have been 94, Great Midwest, 2003, Conference USA, and now 2013 and 2023 Big East. But this would be the rare outright Big right. East. They have won an outright. Uh, 03 was an outright title for right. uh, comp- for. Dwayne Wade and Tom Crean and crew. So, yeah, again, it's a rare thing and it's something to celebrate. And it was also, it was just so cool to be out celebrating with so many Marquette fans. Uh, some I know and some I didn't know. Some right. I met only through Twitter, and right. which is like some 
folks I've only interacted under the MUBB hashtag, and some came up and introduced themselves and said hello. Yeah. And that was just so fun to uh, just meet people, including yeah. Anonymous Eagle, who yeah. I have. <laughs> Who, I, who is no longer anonymous to us. Uh, well, I'm very disappointed that he's actually not an eagle. You're giving away his identity. He, he's not really an eagle with a blindfold, so that would no. be very disappointing. No, when he, when he takes off his glasses, <laughs> he turns into an eagle, but he's not actually an but eagle. No, it was, uh, thanks to everyone who came up and said hello or yeah. just uh, gave us a shout-out. Where you know we, we were drinking beers at a couple places, and some guy was like, hey, are you guys scrambled eggs? <laughs> like, yeah, that was what? weird. Yeah, like, why, yes. Yes, we, yes, we are. So, uh, but no, it was cool just interacting. And again, this was my first trip to Fiserv Forum. It's I a great venue, right? It's pretty awesome. And I think they've done a nice job building up all the bars and the deer district around it. And yep. I think it's a very cool place to hang out. So yes. I enjoyed my experience for sure. We, we, we certainly sampled our way around around the, the, the landscape there. It did. I, I got to get a 77 gold nail, which was fantastic. Glad to get those. Phil and I have had our beer exchange. He's got to, a couple of uh, blood and honeys from Revolver Brewing. Yes. And it's uh, in his house now, and I'm going to be bringing some uh, gold nails, uh, smuggling some gold nails back to Texas in my <laughs> padded suitcase, which I was able to uh, bring up here. So that was a success uh, as well. I just, it was a it was a blast of a weekend. Certainly one I'm not going to forget. And I, and I hope it's one Marquette basketball fans really cherish mm-hmm. uh, for a while too. But again, there's so much more work to do. And I, I can respect Shaka and the team not wanting to make a big deal last right. night uh, because it's just shared. And I think I, I agree with that. It's kind of like a karma thing. Yeah. Like uh, I heard some like places they're superstitious, like don't hang a banner until it's all right. And right. Yeah. yeah. Bad juju could come from. Well, that. yeah. Like I, I think so again, we've got two shots to, to win the title, but like, I honestly think if Marquette beats Butler on Tuesday, I think I, I, I think they're gonna have to have a ceremony before the game on Saturday against St. John's because the Buck so the game on Saturday is one PM and the Bucks play at seven thirty in the five serve. So that turnaround time's fine. So fast. So they can't do like senior day stuff and all that stuff after the game, I don't think. I think they'll maybe like Cut down the nets or something like that. Yeah, I'm curious. To, I am curious what exactly because I mean, again, because it is such a big deal, you should do something. Yeah, they, the trophy's got to be there, right? You yeah, I was heard presentation. That, hey, with, an interesting thing. Somebody was telling me. Um, I heard the the trophy's going to be in the arena at Hinkle on Tuesday. Really? Uh, and I'll be curious. We wouldn't cut down Hinkle's nets, would we? Oh boy, that would be weird. That, that'd be disrespectful. I don't think they're going to do that, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they presented a trophy right Tuesday right. night. I mean, that would seem appropriate because then it would be done. Right. And and so present the trophy Tuesday night. Maybe I, the- I don't. I, I like. I get why you do that, but that does kind of suck that you don't do it in front of the fans. Well, the thing is, like, you hand them the trophy, maybe just in the locker room. Yeah. And the team could dance around the locker room. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. Throw water on Shaka and whatever you're going to do. But, uh, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it makes sense before the game. Let's celebrate this title and let the fans see the trophy and all right. that, and then let's get to business and let's beat St. John's. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, again, I think they want to celebrate with the fans. I, I would. I would be shocked if they do don't do something, you know, in some form of celebration. Just because, again, it is a big deal, and the fans have been part of it. I mean, it was another. It was a. We, we didn't mention it. The DePaul game, record crowd at Pfizer. It was like seventeen thousand eight hundred and fifty three thousand yep. people. You know, among them Joe and others. <laughs> um, so you know, fantastic crowd again. Great environment. It was it was awesome to be out and about and and you know I, it like. It's hard not to like, I know we're conditioned on the whole karma thing and we don't want to look ahead, but like it is hard not to just have a smile on your face regarding this team and just be like, 
we're going to win, like, we're going to win. We're going to win games, right? Like, I, you know. On, you, yeah. On that note, I, something that somebody else brought up to me in the DMs, I'm all for it. You, Everyone else can tweet however they want, do their own bits, but I think I'm okay retiring, don't lose to the ball. Uh, yeah. I, I, it was always kind of a, I mean, it's always been kind of a joke, but, like, the idea of, like, let's please just don't screw this up, or please let's just not do something dumb here. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole gist behind don't lose to DePaul because DePaul is so bad. Uh, but I, I don't know. That that takes that's not really what this team is all about right. as far as just let's just avoid disaster. I don't think that they're not about avoiding disaster. They're about winning. Well, it's it's the difference between, you know, so Shaka talks about it, the difference between avoidance goals and approach goals and don't lose to DePaul is very definitely a, an avoidance goal. Which yeah, yeah, that's you, exactly what it is. You, you don't want that. So... You know, I, I I'm comfortable. Like again, I think this team has has slayed dragons, right? We mm-hmm. are, um, we have taken care of business. We've, you know, we've swept DePaul. We didn't have a February fade. You know, we've we, we've we've won a conference championship, right? Like all of those things we would not have fathomed two years ago. Yeah, and you know. Obviously, I am going to be way, way, way off on my preseason pick for their records. Right. I think I had them at 10 and 10. Uh, they're going to blow that away. They could very likely finish 17 and 3. I mean, it, I think it goes without saying you and I are both picking them to win both games this yes, week. Yeah. 100%. I, I, so they do that. I'm, they're 17 and 3. Yeah. Which is, which blows like, away even your very optimistic. Yeah. I was 13 and 7. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I think people were a little like, oh, okay, optimistic, Phil. But like, yeah, it's crazy. And like, in the reconstituted Big East, I, I don't. We're, we're not going to go. We're running long as it is, and we're not going to go look it up. But like, has Nova even done thirteen and three in the in the reconstituted Big East? Um, they've. I'm sure they've had some really good teams. I could Google it here while you chat for a second. But uh, it's it's a remarkable. Uh, it is a remarkable thing for Marquette to go seventeen and three in this Big East. I don't care if you want to say, oh, they're down. I don't Big East wasn't that down. There's no. some good teams. I mean they're yeah, yeah. they're gonna be five teams for sure in, and I wouldn't put it past maybe at Villanova or Seton Hall to be one of those bid stealers on, yeah. in the Big East tournament. Well and, and we've got five teams ranked in the in the top twenty five, right? Like I don't know, Creighton might fall out now as a result of of losing two this week. because um, they were nineteenth in the conference. But are 19th in the top 25. So 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 Creighton, you know, could fall out and we'd only have four ranked teams. But but still the conference has been uh, above average to to good and Marquette Is it fair to say Marquette dominated the conference? If if they win even one this year this week. Let's say worst-case scenario they finish 16 and 4, have the title outright, having swept everyone but UConn, Xavier, and Providence, is it fair to say they dominated the conference? Uh, I don't know if I'd go... I mean, I don't know what else you would call it, though. I mean, dominated makes it sound like they go in undefeated. Right. Because, like, I, I would say... I get that. You did, by the way, I, so Villanova had, uh, in their peak, they had a few 16-2 and two runs. Remember, it was a... Oh, yeah, that's it was, right. It was an 18-game schedule for most right. of Villanova's run. They had in, a few the, eight, in the big conference, yeah. when, when we didn't play everyone. Right. Well... That, well, back then, when it was a Super League, it was 14-4. and four, But even when the league was reborn, some of Jay Wright's best teams did go 16-2, and 15-3. Okay. Yeah, because so, we only had 10 teams. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, back to your question. Did Marquette dominate this league? They did not dominate it. <laughs> right. I mean, if they could finish 17-3, and three, two games clear of their next— I mean, when you can win the, win, win the conference by two games— Right. 
I mean, that's that's pretty handy winning. I mean, right. I, I, like, if you want to say domination, okay, I would just say that is a comfortable, no doubt championship. Right, and the old, like literally the only game where they were like not in it was the UConn game. Like, right. they they could have won the Providence game. They could have won the Xavier game. Yes, that cuts both ways because there's a couple of games they could have lost. Right, they could have lost that second Creighton game. They could have, you know, they. They they could have lost the Xavier game certainly where they had that that tenacious comeback right and and so that cuts both ways I get that but this team has has been winning games and we just that's where I keep coming back to I get the jinx I get the like I don't want to I don't want to you know say anything and and avoid the karma but this team wins man and like you know they might have a bad game okay but that should never diminish from this is a good winning team and it was it's just exciting to be a part of it yeah Villanova has had a couple teams during this uh reborn Big East where they have won the league by two games the best Villanova has done though uh this is the bar set for next year uh they won 2015 they won the league by four games oh wow wow they they went 16 and 2 their next closest competitors Butler Georgetown both 12 and 6 so that was the most I would say that's a dominant run yes yeah that is dominant you win the league by four games but this is dominant adjacent? This is pretty close to it. Again, if Marquette wins their last two, they will be at least two games clear of their next closest competitor. And maybe even Xavier or Providence could take another loss this week, and they could clear it by three games. Well, we know one of them is going to take a loss. Oh, yeah, they play each other. Uh, or, or Providence plays... Xavier. Yeah, Providence plays Xavier this week, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. So, yeah, so one of them will take a loss. So they will be at least three games clear of the third-place finisher right. and at least two games clear of the second-place finisher. So... I'd call that dominant. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So I, again, we've got to we've got to finish the business, right? We got to win win at Butler. Hinkle's a weird place. Hink, Butler beat Xavier. It, yeah, it could happen. And you know, look if if that that happens, I think they just shake it off and come home and dominate St. John's. Right. And finish the, the, yeah. And finish the thing off. And because I mean, Mike Anderson's a dead man walking, right? At this point, or close to. I mean, he should be. Isn't, but should. Be. I don't have a good read on how St. John's feel about their future and, and right. if they're going to make a move or not. Um, if they do, great. If not, that's also cool too. Yeah. Just if they just want to stay middle of the pack in the Big East, that's fine with me. Um, they, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to go to Indianapolis. They're going to take care of business. They'll wrap it up on Tuesday night, and then we'll have a little celebration on Saturday yep. on Al's night slash Senior Day if they're having any kind of Senior Day. And there's been no announcement. I'm sure they'll say something for Reitzel, yeah. but like he's literally the only senior on the team. Yep. So um, other than that, I think I think. I think it'll be more about a celebration of the team writ large. Yeah, yeah I don't know how long it takes to uh, turn around the court for the Bucks, but I, there may be at least a half hour there when mm. you can do something at the end. Of the, right. If, if you want to do something at the end of the game. Right. Because um, I could also see Shaka being like, look, I don't want to be distracted before the game with yeah, the trophy yeah. and champagne or anything. You know, like. Well, and they do need to honor the seniors that are the cheerleaders and the dance team, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's some senior managers and stuff like that. So there's got to be something senior-related. Sure. But, but we'll see. All right. So, you know, I, 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 this is a relatively short podcast by our standards, but I, I think we've kind of touched on everything we need to touch on. Yeah. Memorable weekend, got a championship, two games coming up that Marquette should absolutely win. Again, they haven't lost to a team this lowly ranked all year. At Hinkle may be a tad tricky. Wouldn't be surprised if you got to sweat that one out a little bit. Come home, take care of business, just dominate St. John's, polish this thing off, 17-3. and three. That's as remarkable as a regular season as we've seen. And we're all just hoping for that next step, the parlay into right. the next one. Right. And then it's March. Yeah. And then and then we're watching Selection Sunday in two weeks, 
literally going, all right, three or a four seed, and what what are those matchups look like? Because you know, again, based on how that bracket bracket breaks down with this team, there's a there's a deep potential run. We'll get into it more probably in the next week or two. But yeah, I think that's probably what we'll do in next week's podcast. Is yeah, we'll do a little preview of the Big East tournament. Uh, Phil may throw up in his mouth a little bit, but we're going to do that. Uh, and then we'll probably just talk selection preview and right. where, where we think and maybe uh, you know get have Alan Bukowski do a little yeah. uh, little pregame primer for us to see what he says about where he thinks Marquette could go and teams maybe we want to match up with, maybe teams we would rather avoid, and uh, what would be uh, the best road. So, again, I, I think it's been a great weekend. Phil, thanks for being a host and you are welcome, chauffeuring me around. You're much uh, cheaper than an Uber. Uh, <laughs> some of the Ubers around Milwaukee Airport were outrageous. Uh, but uh, yeah, just buy well, if you don't show up at two in the morning, then, <laughs> yeah. then it's not a problem. I, I, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, hey, good to be back in Milwaukee. I'll be it briefly for me, and uh, hoping to get back sooner rather than later. But yeah, uh, yep. And well, we, we've now we've now exposed them to the Fiserv, and uh, you know, feel free at any time if you're in the Dallas area to walk up and ask him if he's scrambled eggs. <laughs> he's gotten a taste of celebrity. Now that would that that would be the most shocking thing that I think could possibly happen if that happened in Dallas, but. Um, as always, folks, we can uh, hit us up on Twitter. I- I'm Joe McCann3. Phil is M-O-O-O-F-23 at Crack Sidewalks. It's a team handle. You can go to cracksidewalks.com, post the podcast there. You can leave your comments on the .com. And remember to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, you can hit up the Scrambled Eggs Facebook page as well. Phil, hope you have a good week. I assume you will be in the house on Saturday against St. John's. Oh, 100%. It's a full family affair. we got to celebrate the championship Excellent. with all of them, so it's going to be uh, the daughter character's uh, first game this season. Ooh. So, so well, maybe, maybe the second one, but that was a non-conference garbage game, so uh, <laughs> she, she, can, she can celebrate the ship as well. Alright, so again, everybody have a good week, and again, celebrate this team, celebrate this championship, and until next time, seashells and balloons. <laughs>